What's up, everybody? It's Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office. It is a gray, gross day, and it's a Saturday. Uh, doing this a little bit earlier. Um, like I said last week, I'm trying to get a little more consistent, maybe even knock out a few more. I know in the early days I was doing three a week um, when I had more time and more employees. <laughs> but uh, now it's trying to get this done on the weekends when I'm uh, not tied down with other stuff. So anyway, welcome. Um, today's episode is going to be more uh, tech oriented. Uh, I know I've been telling a lot of stories lately. Um, so get back into the info. Um, this one is going to be all about electrical and wiring and whatnot. Uh, and what prompted this topic was, uh, on my Instagram every week I do like a, you know, ask me a question or a Sunday service or something like that. And it, it never fails. Almost every week I get, um, people asking about electrical stuff of some sort. So, um, you know, and I also see this a lot on the, uh, scout owners of the world, uh, page that, uh, Joe runs that, uh, it's a very good resource. Um, it's one of my, my favorite pages. It's, uh, uh, besides my own, of course, the uh, Scout and Truck Mafia page. Um, but I digress. Uh, so anybody that's owned an international for any length of time knows that uh, there's always some sort of wiring problem, uh, whether it's a gauge that doesn't work or lights that don't work right or... Um, you know, just various things that, uh, go wrong. Um, so the first thing that I always tell everybody is start with grounds. <clears throat> grounds are the most important part of uh, automotive electricity. Uh, cause everything, it's like a loop. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to explain it or not, but you know, power comes from the battery through the uh, item that it's powering and then grounds to the frame. And then, you know, the battery is grounded to whatever it's grounded to. And it just kind of makes this, this loop. Um, so if your ground is no good, um, it will, cause other problems like um, maybe you've seen uh, you try to use your turn signal and it'll the taillight will flash dimly but then you'll notice the other taillight is flashing or the marker light starts flashing along with the taillight uh, and that's generally the sign of uh, bad ground and the electricity is trying to find its way to ground however it can so then it, it creates flashing and other other uh, bulbs so the very first thing you want to do is take your battery hopefully your battery is good um, and then you need a ground wire from the um, from the battery to the engine 
and it needs to be heavy gauge, you know, um, at the minimum number four. Uh, but we use like one aught, um, it's usually welding cable is what most people refer to it as. Um, you got to watch out for that auto parts store um, cables because a lot of times they have a really thick jacket and not much wire in them. And so, you know, if you're really serious about it, um, you want to try and get welding cable. Uh, you know, you can buy it bulk on Amazon. Or, you know, some places have welding supply stores, depending on how big of a town you live in. Um, I'm not sure, like, Tractor Supply or, or someplace like that, if they sell welding cable. We don't have one here, so I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, you know, just the better the wire, the better the, the product. Um, so, first one, battery to engine very good make sure that there's no paint on the engine so that when you put that you know that terminal end on there that uh you know it's grounding good and you're going to use some dielectric grease to help insulate that connection the next connection needs to go from the battery to the body and we usually run a smaller wire like an eight gauge from the negative post to the bolt, uh, upper bolt on the radiator, because uh, it's usually the closest one to get at that's easy to get at. And again, take some sandpaper, shine off, shine it up, get some of the paint off uh, so it's good bare metal. Make sure that ring terminal is also clean. Again, a little more dielectric grease and um, you know, bolt that on there good. Make sure the threads of the bolt are clean. You know, run a tap down that that welded nut on the core support. Um, and again, this is for a Scout too. I think you could use the same on a D series or C series. Um, it's all kind of similar. If you have a A or B where the battery is on the firewall, um, go right to one of the uh, bolts that hold the firewall, the battery tray to the firewall. Um, so, yeah, um, make sure, like I said, those terminals are good. And I'm sure you're going, well, Dan, how am I supposed to connect all these wires to my battery? What we normally use, and I recommend this to everybody, is uh, boat terminals. So, you know, one end is a ring. It, it goes over the battery post like a regular battery cable, but it has a stud with a wing nut and that's what we recommend. We use that on all of our jobs um, because sometimes these guys will let their scouts sit for several months and we always recommend you unhook the battery cables if you're going to let it sit for months and months. Uh, it's just, it helps keep corrosion down. It helps, you know, save the battery. If there is a slow drain somewhere, uh, it's just better to to just unhook it if it's going to sit for months. And it's really easy to do that if you just have a wing nut that you just unscrew. I know some guys like to use like a disconnect a, with a big lever or something. And, uh, and you can do that too. Um, but for simplicity, for cleanliness, for limited number of connections, because, you know, you're using a, a inline disconnect 
you're going to have a, another connection in there that's potentially could corrode and, and whatnot. So, um, so we just use the boat style terminals, uh, and then, you know, good, good quality connectors and that kind of thing. And so, you know, you've got a ground now going from battery to the engine and a battery to the body. Now, the next one is a little bit more difficult, but, um, you know, really, really got to run one from the engine to the frame. Uh, and I know it's going to be greasy and dirty and gross and harder to do, but again, like a number eight gauge wire, number 10, usually from the back of the cylinder head on the driver's side, um, down to on a scout two, there's a bolt that holds the, um, parking brake cable, or there's some bolts on top of the frame that hold, uh, some clamps and stuff. Uh, you can run it to that. Or if you're inclined, you could, you know, drill, uh, and run a self tapper, um, into the frame that way. Uh, again, like I said, take some sandpaper or something, make sure the frame is shiny and clean before you attach that ring terminal and then dielectric grease again. Um, you know, on the back of the engine, on the back of the head where you've attached it and to the frame, you want dielectric grease on all of your connections to help keep them insulated from corrosion and whatnot. So now you've got one going from the body, I'm sorry, from the engine to the frame. And then finally, um, somewhere you'll need one from the frame back to the body. Uh, just because if your body mounts are good and correct, the body is insulated from the frame. There's, you know, they, it rides on rubber. Um, so your connection between the body and the frame is not that great. So the, all the body grounds are relying on that one connection that you have up at the radiator core support. So, um, that's why having a secondary ground going from the body to the frame is a good idea. Um, and then that way everything is just grounded out and, uh, and you know, has the best chance of completing the electrical loop. Uh, so once you've got all of your grounds, then start addressing the component itself. Um, you know, common one is dim headlights. Like, oh, my headlights are super dim. Well, pop them out, take a wire brush or emery cloth or something. Uh, emery cloth's a little bit aggressive. I would use like triple lot steel wool or scotch bright um, or a wire brush and shine up those, uh, the three pins that go, you know, on the back of the headlight or take a, um, like a real small, we have a little tiny file that we can use that we actually reach down into the plugs and just shine up the contact surface of the plug a little bit. And, um, and so maybe you can come up with something like that and get in there and shine up those, those connections. And then, uh, finally the headlights have their own ground and it's located up up on the firewall, you can follow, follow it through the harness. I'm sorry, it's not firewall. Up on the uh, core support, 
it's not very far up there. Um, it's a Phillips screw usually. Uh, so I would pull that shine up that connection again, shiny metal dielectric grease, put it back together. Um, the marker lights, uh, on the scouts and D series is share that ground. If I remember correctly. So by making the headlights brighter, you should, um, pick up some brightness in the grounds. Uh, the turn signal buckets, they, if they're metal housings, they ground through the body directly. So you'll have to pull the housing, make sure that there's clean, shiny metal connection between the housing and the body, uh, right at that screw hole. Again, shine it up, some sandpaper or something and, and dielectric grease and put it back together. So you guarantee that that, that bucket has a good ground. Um, and this is the same for the taillight uh, buckets. If you have metal taillight housings, um, they are grounded to the body that way. So again, remove the housing, clean up the connections very well, put new hardware in there if you have to, but dielectric grease and stick it together um, for the best possible ground. Uh, while you got it out, that gives you a chance um, to look at the socket itself inside that housing. You can, again, um, sandpaper, I keep saying that, but it's sandpaper is only good for if it's really bad. And if it's really that bad, you might want to look into replacing it. Um, and you can buy um, new sockets uh, through Napa or other hardware stores. It might take a little bit of Googling to get the part number. I don't have it off the top of my head, but uh, you can buy them new. Uh, so, but if it's not terrible, then you can get at it with uh, Scotch-Brite or uh, steel wool, clean up those little pins in there, clean up the socket. Cause the bulb, the bulb grounds on the outside of its body. So where it touches the, um, the socket itself, um, the electricity flows through the little pins at the bottom that are at the bottom of the socket. And so, uh, it's important to make sure that those are shiny. And then same with the bulb. When you put the bulb in a lot of times, I'll just kiss those little, uh, lead or whatever they are contact points with a little bit of scotch bright to make them shiny, throw a little dielectric grease on it and then pop it in there. Um, you know, and then normally that provides a good, good connection. Um, again, like I said, same with the tail lights and the back of lights. If you have the plastic housing for like the Scout twos, uh, the later Scout twos, there's a strap that runs on the side of the, on the back side of the bucket that touches the body and creates the ground. And I've seen those come off uh, or separate and, you know, corrosion gets in the, and they don't ground very well. So again, make sure that strap where it contacts the body is, is very clean and lots of dielectric grease. Um, so then after that, you know, the other thing I see people complain a lot about is dim dash lights. Uh, so again, with the grounds, the dash, I mean, the dash is completely removable. So it only grounds as good as its mounting points on the frame of the interior of the cab. So, you know, if you have to, 
take the dash apart. I know this gets pretty labor intensive, but you know, pull your dash pad, separate the, the dash, the sheet metal dash frame from the mounting points on the body. You don't have to completely remove it. Just pull it out enough so that at each one of those mounting points, you can get in there with a, a wire brush or scotch brite or even sandpaper on those if they're real bad and shine up that connection where the dash bolts to the structure of the of the interior dash part um and i'm talking about the whole thing i'm not just talking about the surround or the you know whatever i'm talking about the entire dash unit needs to come away from the the frame of the support structure of inside the dash there and um, all that gets cleaned up and dielectric grease and put back together um, so that your ground the dash ground is just as good as it can be and then then you start looking at your gauges because the gauge body grounds to the the dash itself uh, and that's how the gauge functions um, and then also there is a secondary ground that's under the dash um, on a scout too, they move around. Um, I can't remember where they all are, but it's kind of obvious because it'll be a black wire with like a ring terminal on it that, you know, if you follow it, you'll follow it to a screw or, or a bolt or something under the dash, uh, attached to the screw to the firewall or screwed to the kick panel or, or part of the, um, part of the dash structure itself. Um, and so again, shine it up, dielectric grease, screw it back together. Um, and then the gauges themselves, uh, there's some debate going around about how to make them brighter. Uh, I personally think the blue that they put inside of them is uh, better um, than some guys are painting them white and white, white, it just reflects. Um, whereas the blue actually like enhances the light, if you want to say, uh, because incandescent bulbs, you know, they're not white, they're, they're yellow almost <laughs> some, you know, depending on the heat range and whatnot. So when you have a white background, it doesn't quite, it doesn't give you the, uh, for me personally, it doesn't look quite right. Um, so I like the blue, the factory background. Um, so, um, again, you know, you can take that, like the little light bulb that's twists into the backing of the gauge. You know, you can take a, um, Q-tip and some contact cleaner and, and shine that connection up, uh, or wire brush if you're really careful. Um, and then all those posts where all the, the square Molex connector is that, you know, runs the gauges, you can carefully unplug that. And, and I say carefully because a lot of times those pins break off. So if you're not a skilled solderer, I would maybe be very careful at pulling those plugs. And a lot of times they're broken already uh, before you even go to take it apart. The just vibration and whatnot will break the pins off. So um, if you were able to get it apart 
and uh, and can clean it carefully, you know. Uh, and if you do have a pin come loose, you can solder it back down. It just takes some some doing. Um, but then, uh, yeah, clean up those connections again, put it back together. Uh, and so now, you know, you should have good dash lights and those kinds of the gauges should be a little bit more accurate, but you're still only as good as your firewall plugs, um, which is a super common, uh, Achilles heel on the internationals. They, uh, you know, they get corrosion, they get loose, they get heated up by the, um, charge wires passing through them and then they melt and it just uh the bulkhead plugs are a terrible terrible design and uh you know so you can take them apart and clean up each one of the little um spade connectors like i was saying with a, a tiny file or something to get in there and make the connections better um, a lot of guys will bypass the plug altogether with the charge wires from the alternator just to help alleviate any kind of fire danger. Uh, which also brings me to another point where people want to install um, bigger, more powerful alternators. And I always tell them if you are running stock wiring and you want to run a more powerful alternator because you think it's going to solve your power problems. I usually say, you know, the other stuff first, do the grounds, do the connections, check everything else first, because, um, a lot of times your dim lights and your, you know, poorly operating accessories are because of a grounding and connection problem, not a power alternator problem. And then what will happen is if you do put in a more powerful alternator and you still have all of these obstructions with corrosion and dirt and poor connection, it just creates heat. And then you end up starting a fire. So I really, uh, you know, tell people to be careful when installing a more powerful alternator because it really might not solve a problem. It might make problems worse. So, um, yeah. So if you do install a more powerful alternator, you're going to need to bypass the ammeter uh, because everything runs through the ammeter and it's only capable of handling about 70 amps uh, before it catches on fire. So you have to make a shunt, which is just, um, you know, a wire that goes from the, I mean, you can get really simple and go from the back of the alternator right to the battery. Um, but that pretty much bypasses the ammeter altogether. And then you don't have an accurate, uh, idea of what, if your battery is charging or not. Um, so, um, some guys will just jump the plug at the firewall with a, you know, a little piece of 10 gauge or something. And, uh, so the ammeter will still read, but it's also bypassing on that shunt wire. So that's one way to get around um, starting a fire on your dash. But uh, if you have a rewired setup, you know, you're running a quick wire or something and they have a voltmeter now, um, or, or you do have an ammeter, but you're still running around it, but through the quick wire, uh, then you can run a more powerful alternator. Uh, if you've got a bunch of accessories and stereo and lights and you know whatnot, um, 
So that's that's a, a warning I have for you is don't run out and put an ambulance alternator on your uh, scout and then be surprised when it catches on fire uh, because you will you will have wiring problems uh, if you do something like that. Um, so we covered gauge cleanup and grounds. Uh, one thing too is LEDs. Um, the LED headlight conversion, um, it takes a little bit of doing, you know, you got to cut the buckets, uh, to fit some of them. Um, there's some modification that has to happen. The LED headlights can be a good improvement. Uh, I don't know. I don't run them. My black truck, we went through all the wiring, cleaned up everything. It's running regular old, you know, halogen H4 sealed beams and the headlights on it are great. Um, they're not new car great. And if you put LEDs in your scout, hoping for new car, great, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, it might be slightly brighter, but again, a lot of the people that put the LEDs in and they go, Oh yeah, this is sure an improvement over the old ones. Well, they didn't do anything to clean up the previous system, you know, no ground cleanup, no plug cleanup, nothing, nothing like that. So they're really just, kind of band-aiding over a system that needs attention um, because the the sealed beam h4s can be pretty bright uh, especially when they're adjusted at the right level and and all of that so again before you run out spend a bunch of money on on led headlights you know give the give the system a cleanup maybe throw some h4s in there because they're cheap they're you know 20 bucks a, a headlight or something and uh and then see what you think again, make sure they're adjusted up. You know, they're not, one's not pointed at the moon and the other one at the ground. Uh, and, and give that a shot. That's a good, you know, um, a, a good thing to do without having to spend a ton of money. Uh, as far as led dash lights go again, I'm not a fan. I don't like that. You can't dim them. I don't like the way that they, the light they reflect is weird. Um, it just isn't, I don't know, they shadow weird because the way the international gauges are designed. Um, it's just not, I don't know. I drive at night a ton and I like to be able to dim my dash. And with LEDs, I can't do it. So, and I, I think there are dimmable LEDs, but they're not dimmable like incandescent bulbs. You know, you can run an incandescent down to where it's just barely just a little orange flicker. Whereas, you know, LED, it's, it's on or off. So... Um, if you drive at night and you know, that kind of thing, and you do like to dim your dash lights, um, well, I should say if your system is in bad shape, they're probably already dim. <laughs> so I might be, I might be talking to the wrong people, but in my trucks where we did go through the dash and everything is connected and clean, the dash lights are very bright. Uh, and I've had people message me wanting to know how I got my lights that bright. And it's, it's factory wiring and it's just good grounds and good cleanup and new bulbs and clean sockets and clean gauges. And so the C series is an 800s are a little different because they have a, a bulb that, that shines in the dash and then it shines through a little slit in the top of the gauge that reflects down into the gauge. So on those, you know, a bright bulb is good having the gauge clean uh, is important and uh, having the light shine through um, 
you know, that's what the, illuminates those gauges. The, the speedometer does have its own bulb, um, but the other ones, they, they rely on a reflection and, and the light to just shine through it at a certain angle. Um, so, again, uh, just good bulbs, good clean connections, good grounds, um, that kind of thing. Um, what else was there? Uh, if you guys are running winches and things like that, I really recommend a second battery and some sort of um, isolator so that you can charge charge the battery when you need to and, and not have it draw when you don't want it to. Um, but winches can take an immense amount of power and uh, the stock system, is it's really hard on that. If you're running one battery and a 60 amp alternator and stock wiring and you're trying to winch yourself you know 150 yards out of a terrible mud hole you are going to create some problems um so you know as far as these old trucks go if you're really serious about wheeling and you're going to get out there really consider a second battery as just part of the winch install uh it's really it just saves you a ton of trouble uh, in the long run and having a second battery is nice insurance for if you do kill your main battery you know on accident or or whatever you just flip a switch and now you've got another battery that's ready to go so um so i would i would recommend that if you're going to have a high draw winch you know that kind of stuff so um yeah Hopefully that answered some questions, gave you guys some ideas, um, maybe give you some, some garage time over the winter. You can, uh, you know, take your stuff apart, take your time, clean up parts and pieces. And, and then that way the spring, when you get them out and start driving them again, you can have lights that are bright that people will actually see you. Um, you know, oh, and I guess having good lenses, that's the final thing. You know, if your lenses are white or pink, from sun fade and i know a lot of you midwesterners buy west coast trucks and you know the lenses are all cooked in them uh get some good lenses you know super scout ih parts america they all sell brand new bright red lenses for all the models pretty much um so yeah look into those to help kind of finish off your electrical cleanup but anyway Again, thanks everybody for listening. I uh, appreciate all the feedback and um, all the support. Uh, find us on Patreon if you want to donate. Go to YouTube, subscribe, like, uh, follow along. And until uh, next time, I'm Dan from Binder Boneyard.